I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. God's Investment Banking In-person banking, cash transactions, and the handing out of money is a dirty proposition these days. Though cash was once king, today it's more like your personal trash that no one wants to touch. We've all heard the old saying that money can't buy happiness. It can't buy health or even save anyone from COVID-19. But God does have plans and purposes for the way we use our money this side of eternity. Those purposes lie in concepts of investment. In the parable of the ten talents found in Matthew 25, Jesus explains the importance of investing our time, our treasures, and our talents. We also read about the dangers of hoarding in the Bible. The Israelites who hoarded manna after being told it would not keep found moldy, leftover bread 24 hours later. And the man who buried the money his master gave him in the talents parable in Matthew proved to be a poor steward with what God gave him as well. A while back, I watched a fascinating documentary about the last days of Pompeii. In it, the narrator expounds extensively upon the chasm between the wealthy and the enslaved. Footage is shown of an excavated room unearthed after the earthquake. In the room, corpses of the wealthy Cortesians were found clutching their possessions in one corner of the room, while the poor servants were found huddled together in another. A lot of good their amassment of stuff did that day. That image will forever be etched in my mind, proving that the old adage, you can't take it with you, bears out. This incident also bears out the verse in Matthew 6:19 where Jesus says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves instead treasures in heaven, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also." Indeed, our savings, our stuff, our jewels, cars, or house cannot buy us happiness or a stairway to heaven. So what treasures is Jesus talking about here? It's the currency of spiritual investment and the joy that comes from it. Paul speaks of the riches of complete understanding and all the treasures of wisdom in Colossians 2, 2-3. I love this verse in Proverbs 1-7, which reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And Ecclesiastes 2:26 talks about the person who pleases God when he invests wisely. And to that person, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. I don't know about you, but I very much want to please God with all I do, with my time, talents, and my treasures. In James 1.5, we read that if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Once again, we see and learn that the best things in life really are free, and they are available to all who earnestly ask for them. The more time we spend with God, the more He can reveal Himself to us, but we have to set our intention. Having your Bible on your nightstand and expecting it to bless you is like thinking you can learn French by placing your palm over an open textbook. Let's resolve to put in the work. Schedule a proverbial Zoom meeting with your Lord and Savior today and thank Him in advance for how He will multiply your initial investment. I'd like to share an excerpt now from my second book entitled The Trapdoor, 
entitlement. The egregious scandals surrounding entrance into many of America's elite colleges are enough to make hardworking scholars, and perhaps their parents, bristle with righteous indignation. And to be fair, it's hard to argue with the fact that Instagram influencer Olivia Jade Giannulli's imaginary rowing prowess displayed other meritorious would-be contenders. And to be fair, it's hard to argue with the fact that Instagram influencer Olivia Jade's imaginary rowing prowess displaced other meritorious would-be contenders. And then there are her comments about education in general. In April 2017, she said in a tweet from her now-deleted Twitter account that it's so hard to try in school when you don't care anything about what you're learning. Ethicists are having a field day dissecting today's rampant entitlement culture. Indeed, many books have been penned on the subject. Richard and Linda Ayers' The Entitlement Trap offers anecdotes to entitlement that shatter the notion of deservedness. Their book offers a blueprint for implanting the value of responsibility, a sense of sufficiency, and personal accountability. Of course, entitlement is hardly a new concept under the sun. In Numbers 11, 1-9, the Israelites complained about the monotony of the manna that God provided every day, implying that they were entitled to fish, cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic that was given to them in Egypt. They even went so far as to say that their souls were dried away, and that's from Numbers 11.6. How conveniently they'd forgotten their liberation from slavery as they focused on their culinary constraints. Then there was King David, who considered himself to be entitled to Bathsheba, even though she was another man's wife. The Apostle Thomas verbalized that he felt personally entitled to concrete proof that Jesus was indeed resurrected, choosing not to take the word of the other disciples. Christianity actually involves the antithesis of entitlement. He who is last will be first, and he who is first will be last, Jesus declares in Matthew 20, 16. Sacrifice is at the root of every action or statement Jesus made the entire time he walked the face of the earth. We are called to do the same in this world. Jesus never promises a primrose lane, but instead reminds us in John 16, 33, that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. God doesn't play favorites. He welcomes all believers, but will not welcome arrogant, heart of heart, entitled imposers. Misinformed people who think their self-motivated good deeds or solid faith traditions of their parents or grandparents entitle them to a pass into eternity, but they will be gravely mistaken when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats. Their entitlement attitude could cost them everything. However, there is one entitlement we enjoy as Christians who spend our lifetimes faithfully following our Lord and Savior. We read in John 1.12 that to all who did receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. But this gift is really more of an inheritance than an entitlement, because when we choose to follow Jesus, eternal life is not something we are inherently deserving of, as the true definition of the word entitlement suggests. Only by grace, when we come to Jesus, can we receive it. We must, in genuine humility, acknowledge His sovereignty, confess our sins, and receive redemption to join equally with other believers in the splendor of the life to come. And the keys to kingdom living are, in God's economy, subservience supersedes entitlement, and the doorpost is, 
For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 14, 11. Thank you for tuning in today to his GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her first two books in her Planned Door Devotion Trilogy are available on Amazon. Her bi-monthly blogs can be found at cindyyorks.com.